Oh, hey, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Efficiency Bitch Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Leone. This podcast is dedicated to all the women out there who are aspiring to have a career while raising a family. And bitch? Well, that's more than a name and even an attitude. (laughs) We use it as an acronym. It's for bank, inbox, time, connection, and harmony. Each episode is labeled according to the correct topic so that you can efficiently find the topic that you're looking for. I'm here to tell you, you can have your cake and eat it too. The trick is finding efficient ways to get through the have-tos so that you can make room for your best life. I can show you how. Let's get started. Hey, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to Efficiency Bitch Podcast. I am your host, Melissa Leone. I am so excited to bring this episode to you today. This is all about connection. And connection for me is such an important element in efficiency in general, in life, in relationships, in business. And it's all about the way we connect with other people, the way we connect with ourselves, and the way that we really show up for the world. And I'm huge on communication, which is essential for connection. The way that we talk to other people and the way that they hear us is so critical. And I have a really awesome guest here today. Her name's Nikki. I've had her on before. So if you want to go back in time and listen to our first interview together, I think she was episode seven or eight. It's been a while since we've had you on, and I'm really excited. Nikki, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. And thank you for having me back. And I'm so excited about this topic. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, so let's start with who you are, how you come, Mm -hmm. where you come from, and how you do life. Yeah. So I'm Nikki Roush. My company is Sales Maven. I am a sales coach and trainer, podcaster, and author. And I specialize in the conversation of sales. And I primarily work with women. And the idea is I know that when women can make money, they make a bigger impact in their communities, in their businesses, in their lives, in their families. So for me, it's about making an impact. And I find that oftentimes sales is that like scary, gross thing that most businesses are like, if I could avoid this, if I could just pay somebody to sell for me, if I could just not have to sell and educate then that's what I want to do. And unfortunately, in order to have a successful business, there has to be a sales process and a sales component to the business. And I show up and teach really simple, easy to implement strategies and techniques that take the kind of ick out of selling and make it very conversational, make it collaborative, make it all about connection. I love that. People know when you're being disingenuous. They know oh. when they're being sold. We just inherently know it. We have this radar to it, right? Um, and that goes with everything. You could be talking to your eight-year-old about doing something. They know if there's if you're trying to pull a fast one, they know what's going on. So I think this topic is really important. Let's talk about effective communication. Let's just break down a definition of what is effective communication and why is it important? I say this about sales, but I'm going to I'm going to use this in the same context about communication is that one of the biggest mistakes that often happens is people think that your job is to talk at people. And unfortunately in our society we have trained people like this is how we talk to people now. We just talk at them and we word vomit all over them. Mm-hmm. But really to have effective communication, you should be talking with people. And one of the ways that you talk with people is you ask questions and you listen 
And that means you're not just always in this mode of, they, they say there's four levels of communication. And there's this idea that a lot of us do what's called conversational listening. We listen just enough so that we can jump in. It's like when you're on a, when you're a kid on the schoolyard and there's like jump rope and they're like, you're like waiting for your opportunity to jump in. That is not effective communication because you're really not listening. You're just like, you're listening just enough so that you can start talking. Mm -hmm. But if you really want to connect and collaborate with people, then you have to listen. And one of the easiest ways to listen is to ask questions because then people get to answer questions and talk. And that creates this great back and forth dynamic because when you ask questions, people will answer them. And then oftentimes they'll then ask you a question and now you get your chance to talk, right? And it, it creates this much more effective conversation. Yeah, I love that. I was going through project management. I have a project management professional certification. And in that training material, I, they said something that stuck with me and I've used it over and over in my professional career, but it was the simple concept that communication, you send it, they have to receive it. If they don't receive it in the way you intended it, it broke. Like it's really a simple idea, right? There's two arrows pointing in a graph saying, you're sending it, they have to receive it and bounce it back to you. But if that breaks down, it just didn't happen. It straight up just didn't occur. And it's so complicated. But I think to your point, it's because the other person was waiting for their turn to talk, listening yeah. just enough, or the sender didn't send it in a way that was easy to understand. What are some of the pitfalls you find in sending communication? Sending communication, I'm going to give you the like the all in like this, this one will absolutely change the way that you write. So you're saying send. So I just want to clarify, do mm -hmm. you mean actually written communication? Actually, or, I'm, that's my very next question. So okay. go with it. But yes, I just mean in general, when you want some communicate, it's in your head and yeah. you're going to say it or you're going to write it or you're going to post it or you're going to whatever with it. How do you make sure that the person that's consuming it on the other side is getting it properly? And we can go speaking and writing. both. Okay. All right. So I'm going to back up then from what I was originally going to say. I'm still going to say it, but I'm going to say first. So just to clarify where this answer comes from. So I have a background in neuro-linguistic programming. If that's a new term to anybody listening, it's essentially the study of communication. And I am master certified practitioner in it. I have like over 200 classroom hours, which seems maybe to some people like a lot and others might not seem like a lot, but it is in NLP training. And there's a presupposition in NLP and it goes like this. The meaning of your communication is based on the response you get. Mm -mm. Now that can be really hard to hear sometimes because yeah. if you've ever found yourself, and I know I have, having somebody have a response to something that you've said or sent and you think, that's not what I meant. Like, I'm sorry you took it that way, but that wasn't the intent behind it. When you can take a step back and go, if I am willing to show up from this place of the meaning of my communication is based on the response I get, that means I am responsible. I have to own that. So even if that person's having a bad day, even if that person didn't read the message fully, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because they're going to respond. And so what I have to do is try to set myself up and them for success. That means sometimes really taking some time to think about the way I'm going to phrase something. So just an idea of spoken word 
it's really easy to say to somebody, you know what you should do? You should totally do this. And they go, I wasn't oh, asking I should, for huh? your opinion. <laughs> I have a friend who used to always say, Nikki, don't should on me and I won't should on you. I don't yep. know if you've heard that before. Yeah, so that's good. The idea is instead of saying, hey, you should do this or you should do that. I mentioned earlier how important it is to ask questions. So you could actually deliver the same message, but you could say, have you ever considered such and such? Or you could say, would you be open to a suggestion? Like even asking permission before you deliver a should onto somebody, it will make such a difference in the way it's received. Now, so I've, again, a lot of times we phrase things as statements when in order for it to be received effectively, it would actually be better if it was phrased as a question. Oh, say that again. That's <laughs> so huge. It like, is. Wow. It's so simple, but it's huge. That's amazing. Yeah, we forget to do it. One of one of the services that I offer in my to my coaching clients is I rewrite a lot of their messages. So they'll write their message and then they'll have me look at it. I'll review it. I'll give them some edits to it. And a lot of times people will write... Now, again, I'm coaching sales. So they'll be writing sales copy. They'll be writing sales messages or somebody who they want to earn their business. And I'll look at it and I'll go you didn't ask one question in this message. Mm -hmm. or And if you're not asking questions, you're basically just word vomiting and talking at somebody. So you're not going to get a response. And if we could take what you want to say and we could put it in a question, it will actually land so much softer to them. So that's one technique that works whether you're in a live back and forth conversation or whether you're written communication. In written communication, it's even more important. It's more critical that there are questions asked versus just statement. That's talking at. And frankly, depending on what level of rapport you have with the person that's receiving the message, you're if you don't have a lot of rapport with them, they're going to take it as not interested, don't care about your opinion. Mm -hmm. Now, somebody you do have a lot of rapport with, they're going to give you some grace, right? They'll give, they'll give you more grace than anybody else because they're like, oh, I know Melissa. She's super cool or she's super chill or she's so kind. She's always trying to do the best. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give her grace with this message. So maybe you don't have to be quite as careful. And the more careful you are, the better it, the better chances that your message will be received with the intent that you have behind it. It's huge. I just had an, ins an instance with my eight and ten, no, how old are they? 10 and 12 year old daughters. Okay. I don't remember how old my kids are. <laughs> my girls are 10 and 12 and they got in this huge fight and one went running through the house and the other one right behind her grabbing her shirt ripped, both crying, both fall on the floor. My husband runs in the other room and he's like, what happened? Silence, right? What? And he's screaming at them and they're both crying and no one has any idea what's happening. So a couple minutes later, I just left it. A couple minutes later, I called one in, asked like 10 questions, got parts of the answers, asked the other one to come in, lots of questions, got parts of the answers, had them both come in, lots of questions, got the full thing. And what I recognized while I was doing that is that one of my daughters is an extrovert. She just thinks as she talks. The, the words just are coming out and she's a lot like me, just a talker. And my other daughter is a complete introvert, just like my husband, and thinks once or twice or maybe three times before the words come out of her mouth. 
And so knowing the way that the other person is going to communicate, like they might need a beat. You ask them a question, they might need a beat or two or three to answer it. So how do you handle those silences while the other person is thinking if they are like my husband or my oldest? Yeah. The silence in life and in sales, I'm going to say, is an advanced skill. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be quiet, especially when you're a fast thinker and fast talker. It can be hard to give the other person that space. And what I would suggest is you ask yourself is how important is this relationship? Mm-hmm. And if the relationship is important, whether it's a friend, a family member, or a potential client, you are going to need to stretch yourself a little bit. So I always say my all-time favorite quote, and I feel like this is the crux of what I teach in life, is blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be bent out of shape. (laughs) (laughs) And so when you can add flexibility to your own behavior in order for the other person to be successful in the relationship and in the conversation, you will find that it raises your credibility. It raises the likability of you Mm -hmm. and people will be more inclined to be more forthcoming. They'll be more open. They'll be more open to hearing your message. All these things will make a huge difference. So when you recognize that somebody is an internal processor, not an external processor, right? It Mm -hmm. sounds like you and your first daughter, external processors, your husband and your youngest internal processors. Mm -hmm. So if you're willing to just be quiet and wait until they speak or do something next, sometimes that something is take a big breath. Sometimes it's like shift in their seat if they're sitting, or sometimes it's change the direction of their eye movement. All these things play, and that's an indicator that, okay, they've processed now. Mm -hmm. So wait, see if they're going to say something. And then if they don't say something, ask a question instead of make a statement and see what will come out of it. So in sales, it's called selling past the close. When you talk, talk, and you don't, you like you invite the person to do business with you and you don't wait and let them give you an answer. You just keep talking. It's selling past the close. And so you're doing that in the conversation too, sometimes with somebody who's an internal processor. If you're not letting them get their thoughts out. One, they'll get frustrated. It sends the message, you're truly not interested in what it is that they have to say. And you'll also disrupt their thinking process. Mm -hmm. So they'll never actually be able to articulate what is important or what did happen because you've stepped on their processing. Yeah, I definitely have done that with my introverted child, most definitely. And I also (laughs) with clients. It's so easy to do. Yeah. But I also want to honor the external processor too, because an external processor a lot of times will like have a thought and it immediately comes out of their mouth. And that's okay. And I would say, give those people grace too, because sometimes Mm -hmm. the first thing that comes out of their mouth may not be the exact way they wanted to say it, or it may not have quite as much thought to it. And so you need to give them some grace if they need to revise what they said too. Yeah, absolutely. I have to process out loud. That's just the only way my brain can function. It's probably super annoying to my family, but it's just the way I function. (laughs) See me through the book writing process. It was like (laughs) another level of hell. That's okay. And again, who you are and how you show up in the world, you're perfect. And so is your husband. So are are your two daughters. Like their process is perfect. 
it's learning how to give grace to somebody who has a different style than you. Because my guess is your older daughter, who is similar to you guys probably have these like crazy wild back and forth conversations. And it can go all kinds of places before you actually end up at the final like outcome. Yep. Right. And you want to honor that about that relationship, but that's maybe not going to be the way to have a successful relationship with your youngest daughter who has a Mm -hmm. very different style. So if you're willing to be flexible in the way you show up in your conversation with her, oftentimes what happens is it sends like a nonverbal signal to the other person. Oh, look at the way Melissa, or in this case, mom, is being really respectful. Mm -hmm. And so she'll start to adjust her style and you guys will start to find a happy medium. So it's not just, oh, I got to show up and change my whole way of being for everybody else. By showing some adjustment and willingness to make some concessions to somebody who has a different style than you, oftentimes they will then reciprocate. And when they reciprocate, then you'll find a happy medium you might actually find that your youngest daughter will start to speak faster Mm. if you will be willing to slow down a little bit. And you'll find, oh, the conversation actually now, it flows not as fast as with my oldest, but it definitely flows better between us because she's now adjusting to you too. That's such good information. Just thinking about how to handle it with my kids, but also with my parents or my siblings or my clients or my, all of those different relationships require. And I love how you said each of us is perfect in the way we do it because that's the way we do it. And then we have to learn how to communicate with other people. And I do take responsibility for my communication needs to be received in the way I intend it. And that is such an important part for me of connection to making sure that it's that people understand it, right? And that it clicks. So I love that. Yeah. Okay, so we started to talk about writing. Let's yes. talk about, I want to hear your tip for how to really make writing effective. This is going to be one that everybody can do. And I'm going to say it will be a blessing and a curse as soon as I share it with you because <laughs> once you keep on, oh, so it's like the matrix in this moment, right? What color pill do you want here? So should you continue to go with me? This is the tip. Learn how to get your I statements out of your message, not 100% out. Definitely minimize them. Because unfortunately, when you're making, when you like go back and look at something you've written, whether it's to a customer or to a friend, if it's all riddled with, I want to do this, I want to tell you that, I hope that you're having a great day, like all these things, that's talking at people because that's just basically essentially word vomiting. Again, it's like, I have a thought, it comes out, I just write it that way. If you really want to connect with people, instead of making I statements, ask questions. Mm. So this is the simplest one. And it drives some of my clients crazy until they see the results. They always want to say, I hope you're having a great day, which sounds super nice. And the intent behind it is kindness. But it's actually just talking about what you hope. It has Mm. nothing to do with the other person. So instead of saying, I hope you're having a great day, ask somebody, how's your day going? Mm -hmm. Because now you're giving them the opportunity, should they decide to take you up on it, of actually answering that question. And that's how you get real response and communication back. So my rule of thumb, just to make it super simple for people, is I often encourage them, count how many sentences you have and whatever it is that you've written. And 
you want to use the kind of the 80-20 rule. So if you count and you go, I have 10 sentences in here, then I want you to count how many I statements you have. So when you're talking about I, me, like that, really the I statements are the most egregious, frankly. And then count how many I statements do I have. If in a 10-sentence message, you have 10 I statements, that's you're way out of whack. Mm -hmm. You really should only have two. So 80% of the message should be about the reader and 20% can be I statements. So again, this isn't saying don't ever use an I statement again, because grammatically, those of you who really care about grammar are going to be like, Nikki's annoying because it's not (laughs) possible. And if you're willing to make this adjustment into the way that you write, what you'll find is people are more likely to respond when the message is written for the reader's perspective, something that's interesting to the reader. And depending, again, on the level of rapport that you have with somebody, and I had this with kindness, they don't really care about Mm -hmm. what you want, what you think, what you know. They don't really care until they feel like they've got rapport with you. So making writing something to somebody that's all about, hey, I want to invite you to dinner or I want to go do this with you or I want to earn your business. Not interesting to a reader. But if you say, would you like to go to dinner? Would you like to do such and such? How can I earn your business? You will find people are much more likely to respond. I love that. I look, look at me two eyes in a row. I almost have two eye statements. Okay, so let me give you some. Let me give you some. I'm going to let you off the hook here. When you're speaking, when you've got this back and forth, like you're, you and I are on camera right now, so we can see each other. You, the eye statements aren't as egregious. It's written mm-hmm. is where yeah. it really counts. So when you're speaking, like that, it, don't worry about the eye statements. Don't try yeah. to count the eye statements. It will help if you learn how to ask questions, right? Not saying that you don't, Melissa, but just for anybody listening, if you can take some of the statements that you would make and make them into questions, you'll find you have better conversation. Writing is where the I statements are really noticeable to the reader. This is exactly where I was going to go with it before I stopped myself with the I statements, because when I was writing my book, I wrote the way the words were in my head, right? I was telling a story. I was telling my story. I was telling my advice. I was giving my two cents on the way money works, for example. And when my editor went back and changed it all, I thought, what was wrong with the way I wrote it? And she said, when the person is reading, the narrator is themselves. And so it's confusing if they're saying I about something you wrote and it just doesn't work. So yeah. You summed it up beautifully. And I think that makes a lot of good sense. The biggest lesson I learned from writing a book was that you read different than you hear, period. Yes. <laughs> it is a different thing altogether. And the way you have conversations is different than the way you speak on a stage is different than the way you write. And not because somebody said so, because the consumer of the message that you're trying to send actually absorbs it differently. We all do. Yes. If you read a transcript of anybody's speech, it will feel and it will be difficult to consume. It it yes. reads differently than you hear it. So I think that's really critical. Awesome. This is really good. I have one more question for you. And it's okay. about exiting conversations. How okay. do you gracefully leave a conversation that you're not into? Yeah. So there's a couple of ways that you can do this, depending again on how important the relationship is. But a lot of times it's easy to exit a conversation gracefully if you just say, it has been so great chatting with you. 
thank you so much for what you shared and the time that you gave. And I will be so excited the next time we're together. That kind of indicates, oh, we're bringing this to a close. Now, every once in a while, somebody won't pick up on that. It'll be like, you know, those. (laughs) sometimes this is my mom where I'm like trying to exit the conversation, but she just keeps bringing up a new topic now and then. (laughs) Oh yeah, one more thing. So sometimes you have to say, so so just for the sake of time, we only have about a minute or two left. What is the one thing you want to make sure I know before we end the conversation? Yeah. So notice what I'm doing with my voice. Like I'm softening my voice a little bit when I'm saying it. I'm not saying, so you have a minute left, get to the point, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's not going to do well for the rapport building. But if you just put some parameters around it, most people will pick it up. And then there's some things that you can do in person. This is, it's hard to describe this over the podcast, but I'm going to try. I'm going to attempt so you guys can tell me whether or not I hit it for you. But when you're in person, one of the ways that's easy to end a conversation, if appropriate, is you would put your hand out to shake their hand and you would say, it's been so great to chat with you. And then with your other hand, you just lightly touch the back of their elbow. And that sends the message of move on. Interesting. (laughs) It's subtle. You want to be subtle when you do it. This is something I learned in my sales career. I used to do quite a few trade shows every year. I think one year I did 100 trade shows in a year. So in my career, I have done probably thousands of trade shows. And sometimes you got to move on because you have somebody waiting to talk to you. Somebody else is standing in your booth wanting attention. And so it's a little technique where you just shake your hand, you say what I said, it's been so great to chat with you. I'll look forward to us talking again next week. I wish you well, have a great rest of your day. And then you just touch the back of their elbow while you're still shaking their hand and it just sends the message of, okay, move on. Interesting. Okay, I'm gonna have to try this. And I wonder if people have done it to me and I didn't notice. You probably have, you probably wouldn't notice. I probably wouldn't notice if somebody did it to me because it feels natural. It's not like, I'm not pushing them. I'm not like shoving them out of the area where we're talking. It's just this subtle little like cue. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) All right, Nikki, in the interest of time, let's wrap up with where people can find you, how they can connect. What's the best way to continue the conversation? Thank you so much. I have a little gift for anybody who's interested in honing their selling skills in case you have some, a business owner that's interested I have a training that's called Mastering the Sales Conversation, and I give a little bit more deeper strategy and tips around that. And you can get that as my gift by going to yoursalesmaven.com forward slash efficiency. So I would love to gift that to anybody who's interested. Wonderful. We will put that in the show notes. I highly encourage you to take that training. I've taken some of Nikki's trainings in the past and read her book. All amazing great information. I was sharing with her before the show started that I read her book before I started my business and it was really helpful. So it's been an honor having you here today. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. All right. That wraps it up. If this is your first time here, thank you so much for coming. I welcome you to the Beehive. If you've been around a while, thanks for coming back. Until next time, I'm your host, Melissa Liam. See ya. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you so much for listening. If you're new around here, please be sure to leave us a review on any podcast platform you're listening to. And you can always reach out to me to let me know what topics you're interested in hearing about, or maybe telling me someone you think would be great for the show. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at EfficiencyBee. Until next time, see ya.